Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Stop. Joining me today is Quentin Schneehaga. I hope I pronounced that right, Quentin. I, I know you explained it to me about 12 times, no less than 10 for sure. So so thank you for joining me. And they say to never start with an apology, but I'm a rebel, so I'm sorry if I butchered your name and I'm sorry for the long intro, everyone. But thank you for joining me. A little background on yourself is that you do a lot of D&D. I'm not talking about Dungeons & Dragons. We don't have Chase on the podcast. We're talking about design and development specifically around UX. And that's what we're going to be talking about in a couple episodes of Pit Stop. So episode one, we're recording now. Just some UX design tips and tricks for merchants, including how to hire a UX designer for your website. If, if better user experiences is something you're interested in. And... We're also going to talk about some tools like heat mapping. There's a bunch out there, which I think if you see in the Shopify app store, you'll see them. Let's jump into it. Quentin, thank you so much for joining me, making the time to talk about something that's always really important to me because when everyone has the same data, the same ad buying platforms, access to get generally the same products, sometimes that experience is really the biggest differentiator. And I know it's something that every store owner wants. I haven't heard a single uh, brand owner or store owner say that they're trying to slow down their users unless maybe they're buying a bicycle or something this this summer. But <laughs> welcome. Let's jump into it. I would love to hear some just tips and tricks for merchants like like myself, who maybe we know can design our design sense isn't horrible, but we're we're really not designers. Cool. Yeah. Lucas, thanks so much for having me on. It's an honor. Um and uh, yeah, this this is going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Yeah, so um, so user experience design. Um, I think that might be a term that's been bandied about quite a lot. Maybe you've heard the term, maybe you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, user experience design, or as UX design, as a lot of people call it. Um, I mean, what is user experience design? And you know, it, it's it's basically just a fancy way of saying. Uh, We're going to be designing something, whether it's a website or a car or a medical tool, Mm -hmm. and it has to be designed well. It has to be designed with the user in mind, Mm -hmm. user-centered design. That's what we're talking about. So um, that's what I do. I design websites that Mm -hmm. are intended for users and specifically e-commerce websites. So um, I I call myself a user... Funny to think about, but we're we're all guilty of it of adding more social proof. Adding, uh, if you go mm. back thirty years, oh god, I, I hope this podcast ages, but not much <laughs> less than that. But remember when website counters had like the number of visitors on the page, but you could just lie <laughs> and say like, oh, you have a million downloads, or your MySpace page is all sparkly and glittery. Or wow. uh, if you're thinking wow. of maybe adding some pizzazz to your website, it's probably not user centric. So I know it sounds crazy to think, wasn't every website designed for users? No, it's not. Yeah, the the days of Angel Fire. Oh, Angel Fire, GeoCities. (laughs) Shout out to anyone who learned HTML from their GeoCities or Angel Fire website. 
uh, that's that's partly myself. That's partly mm-hmm. myself right there. Um, yeah. So uh, so th- those are some good examples of. Um, uh, it's, it's making a bit of a comeback as like a design fetish. Like lots of people, lo- I mean, eighties and synth wave and uh, vapor wave and all these really funky eighties throwbacks. This nostalgia is coming back mm-hmm. in a big way in an aesthetic sense. So you're seeing a lot of like uh, a lot of uh, even even professional stores, like actual uh, e-commerce merchants that are using this really uh, funky really undesigned uh, d- design style. I mean, the, 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 user ex- the, the, the user experience of those counters is quite interesting because maybe it was a bit of an ego boost for the site's owner because they could see that, wow, I've had 10,000 users. But for the first, for the first like, 3,000, that wasn't very impressive, was it? No, but it, it gets there and everyone has to start somewhere. Yes, of course, of course. The idea of user experience design um, is something that I'm quite passionate about myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, um, I've i been doing web design and development now for about, I think it must be about 11 years now, 11 or 12 years, um, starting from, you know, just hobby projects and moving on to where I am now as a professional uh, Shopify expert and designer and developer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my thing and my, my, my uh, I, I really love to work with, uh, with merchants who um, who want to increase their bottom line, uh, and the way that I do that is to to design an experience, to design websites for their users mm-hmm. that their customers will actually want to use, and um, and that are informative and fun to use, and are simple to use. It's it's easy to um, to complete that purchase, um, and uh, the user experience design is the the main tool that I use to do that. No, I love that. When should a merchant or brand owner start to think about optimizing their their user experience? Because maybe they've got up to a million bucks in sales, drop shipping, and, and everything's fine, but they they know instinctively it's not great. So mm-hmm. should it be more analytical? Whereas if maybe your conversion rate is low, but your traffic is great. That's when you should start thinking it. Is it more of a gut check where everything's fine, but it's not something that Mm. you would share with your friends, but it works? When should uh, you start thinking about Mm. uh, user design for for websites? And you hear so many contrasting things that I think it's really interesting you say user experience designer, not just designer to make it look good, but to actually convert and increase revenue. Indeed. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, and in fact, I mean, it's, it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think that merchants, merchants know, or hopefully they know, uh, when things aren't going quite right. Uh, I mean, many clients that I've had over the years have come out of the gate saying, this doesn't look good, this doesn't work good. Um, and most of the time they're correct. But I've also seen um, stores that are that are just shocking. <laughs> They're just either incredibly ugly or very difficult to use, and they they still make they they print money. So it's it's uh, it's kind of an odd uh, point of conversation because uh, I, as a designer, you know, I've got an interest, a professional interest, in making sites that are beautiful and work well. But mm-hmm. there are actually some sites that don't work so well, and they they. They're, they're, they are really profitable. Mm-hmm. We like so to call to your... those websites in the industry click funnels sites. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, to your question, um, 
I think that, I mean, if you if you're a, a beginning merchant coming out of the you know the 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 starting phase, the seed phase, where uh, you've got a product that's selling quite well, um, you're getting some sales, but you 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 feel like you've reached a plateau. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you as a, as a merchant, you're going to start feeling that. You're going to start. Uh, thinking to yourself, hmm, something doesn't seem to be working quite right. Mm-hmm. And that is the point at which you'd want to start uh, considering hiring a user experience designer. Um, so uh, the thing is, the, the design process starts from that, that, that first feeling of this doesn't feel or doesn't seem quite right. And that, that is an intuitive uh, that's an intuitive process. You you pick up on something when you're using your site or using somebody else's site that something just doesn't gel quite right. I'm sure everybody's had the experience of using an app for the first time and really wanting to do something, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, creating an invoice, uh, whether you're, if you're using a, 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 a um, if you're using a, a personal accounting, accounting software, software. Yep. and you just quite can't quite figure out how to do it. Um, so that's the intuitive part. And there's there's an analytical part to it as well, um, and that's where um, that's where the research and analytics side of user experience design comes in. So I, I see it very much as a hybrid discipline, where it's it's partly design and partly creative, and partly aesthetic, mm-hmm. but it has a very big um, data component to it as well. No, I. I love it because it's it's just so important to to mix both the analytics and that gut instinct. He's also said something really interesting that I just want to jump back on in terms of you know you you get started with uh, one product or a handful of products. What are the added complexities of just adding more products, more collections to to a website, and how that can impact user experience? Hmm. So interesting question. So the to answer that, if if a merchant were to ask me that question, I would probably first start by asking them how many what tell me about your business, tell me about your company. Do you have one product which is your flagship, the the the, the one product that makes makes you all your money and that you want to put front and center? Or are you a megastore with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of SKUs? And the design consideration for each of those two approaches is very different. If you think about uh, sort of the quintessential sexy tech product these days, I mean, uh, in these days for the last 10 years, if you think of Apple and the iPhone and uh, and the Mac, mm-hmm. uh, that is a very good example of how um, of how single hero products are promoted and and marketed you you have this big sexy image up on the screen uh you have uh beautiful photography front and center you have a journey that the user goes through as they scroll down the page uh revealing all the features and it's all talking about a single product mm-hmm. and that that is a narrative design and that that's where that's the kind of design you really want to have for uh, a single product website or mm-hmm. a or a uh, website that's going to sell maybe just one or two products, or you know one or two products, or and 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 that maybe has a couple of add-on products on top of that uh, that you can upsell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for uh, for a, for a mega store, the considerations are very different. You need to think, okay, well, how are how are customers actually uh, trying to find products on my store? Are they searching a lot? Um, do they? Do, do people click on the search bar? What what do they search mm-hmm. for when they search search? In and a search I bar? heard 
someone added like 100K of revenue just by optimizing their search bar. I, I don't know the exact stats or any more details, but it was just... Absolutely believe that. People Absolutely looking for products and, and using that data, that proprietary data to create bundles, bring more products to the homepage, and just make the top searches easier to find. Indeed. There are actually even a couple of apps on the Shopify app store that have that um, uh, data analytics in this, in this, it built into their search functionality, which helps you tease that data out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, the, the one that comes to mind is SearchSpring, <laughs> mm-hmm. which uh, might be out of the... Um, uh, out of the price bracket of many of your users, given that it's an enterprise-level <laughs> app. Mm-hmm. But there are many that give you that kind of um, uh, insight. And there's always also Google Analytics, that you mm-hmm. can get the same kind of data from analytics. And so I, I absolutely believe that that is possible. What I would say, though, is that store probably identified that their users were searchers. They mm-hmm. wanted to use the search bar, uh, or they had a product that's and, and, and a site that that was conducive to using the search bar. So I'm, I'm assuming that it's probably it was. Pro- I have no idea who that merchant was, but I'm assuming that it was probably a, a, a merchant with a huge catalog with a huge variety of products to sell. Uh, so we're not just talking about just uh, apparel or just uh, just uh, food subscriptions. We're talking about a, a wide variety of products, possibly. Or if if it's a if it's a fashion store, you'd probably have many categories underneath that. So the search bar just becomes a, a convenient way for people to discover uh, products through the site. Yeah, and I think it's uh, interesting. I was. Uh my mind wandered there a little bit just thinking of like big skew sites and anything for parts. I remember chatting with a merchant who did, <laughs> it was only Yamaha motorcycle parts, but and so you think, okay, mm. you're, you're niching, you're mm. niching, niching down and it goes to the, okay, you have sports mm-hmm. bikes, cruisers, etc. Then you have it by right. years because people will work on bikes for 20 years and just, insane and then you have the the big big stores that do everything and it's not just parts but gear and equipment and it just my head my head hurts <laughs> trying to think about that and how to manage everything so i was let's say we wrap it up save it for episode two talking about some of those user personas and the heat mapping Quentin, where can people find you where can people hear a little bit more about uh, about what you're working on so you can go to my website. It's uxforge.io, mm-hmm. or you can reach out to me on Twitter. I am uh, at we call him Q. Uh, you can always look me up on LinkedIn as well. Stalk me, stalk me there. That's also cool. Awesome. I just give you a follow right now because I wasn't following you, and I suggest anyone <laughs> listening do the same. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss episode two. Steel switched to OmniSend and immediately saw a lift in revenue. They started automating their welcome series, card abandonment series, and their post-purchase messaging. Just like Baking Steel is the perfect upgrade for your kitchen, OmniSend is the perfect upgrade for your Shopify store's marketing automation. 70,000 customers from home and kitchen brands to consumables and everything in between trust OmniSend. If you're not using a marketing automation platform that connects directly with Shopify, what are you waiting for? Don't leave revenue on the table this BFCM.
Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.